There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, January 10th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the governor's State of the State address has put the ball in the legislators' court. We'll hear from both sides on what's next. Then, after a health minute, find out if state health officials are ready to take on a health emergency or if Mississippians are at risk. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi legislators returned to the legislative session today after hearing Governor Phil Bryant's annual State of the State address last night. The governor spoke on several current affairs of the state in the areas of economic development, education, and law enforcement. We're joined this morning by Democratic Representative David Barria of Bay St. Louis and the chairman of the Mississippi Republican Party, Lucian Smith. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Karen. Good morning, Karen. Let's start with the tale of two Mississippis. That's how Governor Phil Bryant describes the state. I realize that to many of us here tonight and to those watching and listening, there sometimes seem to be two Mississippis occupying the same time and space. The proverbial critics would have you believe that this is one of a declining state whose people are suffering mightily. They search for problems as if there was a reward for finding them. Lucian, is it a matter of perspective, or is there such a thing as an actual divide in Mississippi? I think there's a, it's a divide uh, of perception. I mean, I, I think the point of the state of the state, one of the things the governor gets to do is talk about uh, what he thinks is going well and what we need to fix. Um, and you could be forgiven uh, if you... Uh, read the paper for thinking that Mississippi's not doing well. Um, and this was an opportunity for him to talk about the fact that uh, unemployment's at historically low levels, uh, graduation rates are at historically high levels, uh, literacy rates are at historically high levels. Um, and this was an opportunity for him without a, a filter uh, to speak directly to the people and talk about the things that are going well uh, in Mississippi. David? Well, apparently there are two Mississippis, one in which everything is going swimmingly for all of our citizens, and another in which we're in reality, in which we are mired in uh, uh, the highest level of poverty and 
uh, poorest education, poorest health outcomes. Our citizens are not earning wages that keep pace with the rest of America. And and I don't think that it's appropriate to simply blame folks for talking about what is actual reality. The the um, the newspapers and the, and the reporters are out there to report the truth. And, you know, I think we should all be a little concerned when our leaders simply say, don't look at those things that are problems. Simply believe us and trust us. We, we want to give support to leadership when they do the right thing, but we also want to acknowledge when we have problems and, and try to address those problems. Let's talk about education. Governor Bryant says school choice is one of his priorities. You again to expand school choice for certain categories of children. I continue to believe that parents should have the freedom to use their tax dollars to send their child to the school of their choice, not one decided by the government. David, how does that affect public schools? Well, it's hurtful to public schools if we uh, allow folks to take some money, put it in their pocket, and go to a private school. Uh, you know, there's been a, a a concerted effort over the last, say, four to six years to do damage to our public education system. Um, the folks on my side of the aisle don't have a problem with allowing limited charter schools that act as and operate as public schools to allow folks to escape a, a poor school system and better their education. We all want better educational outcomes. We want uh, fairness and equality throughout our education system. But uh, if the end game is to take public taxpayer dollars, put them in your pocket and go pay a private school, we're going to have to oppose that. Now, uh, you know, I think there, fortunately, there are plenty of like-minded Republicans that don't believe that uh, private school vouchers are the way to go. So you may see that battle shape up this year in the legislative session. Lucian, the governor talked about um, changing or updating MAEP. How does that relate? That's public school funding. How does that relate to school choice? Does that mean taking money away from MAEP and putting it towards private schools? Well, I think the formula rewrite is probably separate. Um, the MAEP formula is an extraordinarily complicated formula. Uh, I think there, there are relatively few people in the state uh, who could explain to you the way that the formula works other than uh, essentially every year it calls for an increase in funding. Um, but on the on the choice point, and, and I think uh, Representative Barry and I agree, the goal we, we agree with the goal, which is to improve education for everybody in Mississippi. I think the Republicans just have a different approach to it. I mean, you look at school choice. The fact of the matter is, upper income people in Mississippi already have school choice because they've got the ability to uh, move into uh, a more expensive neighborhood that may be in a better school district. They've got the ability to write a check to a private school, um, uh, but that's not the case for middle and lower income Mississippians. And so, school choice uh, is about really is about educational equality. It's about letting people, regardless of uh, what school district they happen to live in, to have access to the same high-quality education that, that everybody does. And, I, and I'll point out, the one other thing I will point out on the education funding piece that's important to remember, re, under Republican leadership, the education funding is at the highest level it's ever been. Uh, MAP is not currently fully funded, but we have several hundred more million dollars going to MAP uh, and going to education generally than was the case five years ago. Let's hear what the governor had to say about that. It should be no surprise to anyone that I am a strong supporter of updating the adequate education funding formula. I believe it should serve as a roadmap to success for every child in Mississippi's public schools. It should not be a political prop used to allege someone's failure to support education. That old trick hasn't worked in the past and it won't work this year. 
Um, the governor spoke about community colleges as a workforce training opportunity that the schools are uh, equipped to handle training for the specific industries that have come into Mississippi. Is that the kind of education we should have in Mississippi? Is that the most important kind, David? Well, I mean, we certainly need to support our public schools and and K through 12 education, but there also needs to be a track for folks who aren't college bound so that they can get a good paying job to support their families when they get out of high school. And we're doing, I think, an adequate job uh, with our workforce training programs through our junior colleges. But I will tell you that I talk to folks who uh, who place employees all the time, and they are telling me that the uh, systems that we are using to train workers in our junior colleges aren't always producing workers that are adequately trained, and they have to send them through additional training programs to make sure that they're job ready. And, and there's another point to this. We're taking money that employers pay for unemployment insurance, and instead of raising the uh, unemployment compensation rate for over a decade now, I think it's at two, uh, $210 a week, which is below minimum wage, we're taking that money and we're redirecting it to uh, our junior college system to do this training. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying we ought to look at that. There ought to be a balance there. We also need to look at raising our unemployment compensation rate, in my opinion. Lucian, the governor, Governor Bryant, said that there are 40,000 jobs open waiting for skilled workers. How do you see those jobs being filled? Is it all a matter of training and, and what kind of training? Well, it's skills-focused training. You know, they were there was a surplus in the Workers' Compensation Trust because unemployment levels had gotten um, so low, uh, and that has been repurposed to help fund skills training at the community and junior colleges. Um, and so it really says something that we've gotten unemployment so low that we now have 40,000 jobs uh, on the Mississippi work site uh, looking for people to fill them. And so it's a combination of Uh, using the resources at the Department of Employment Security to identify people uh, who could take those jobs uh, and also making sure that they've got those skills. And I think that funding uh, for community and junior colleges uh, is the right way to get people ready to take the jobs that are out there. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about economic development in the state as well as the areas not discussed during Governor Bryant's address. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Ophira Eisenberg, host of NPR's Ask Me Another. Do you have an extra car that you wash more than most people go to the dentist? Well, save some time and some water and donate it to us. Think about it. Rather than it sitting there taking up space, your extra car could be making public radio. And when you donate it here, you may also qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. I'm joined this morning by Lucian Smith, the chair of Mississippi's Republican Party. Also with us is Democratic Representative David Beria of Bay St. Louis. Let's move on to the economy now. We know that much of the state is at or below the poverty level. Many are in need of better paying jobs. Governor Bryant spent time on economic development in the state, speaking on the low unemployment rate, jobs, and new companies. He says the Continental Tire Company has led to great things. This facility is scheduled to open late next year and will ultimately employ 2,500 Mississippians. It was identified as the top economic development project for 2016 and led to another milestone, our first gold shovel for excellence in economic development. 
In his party's response, Democratic Representative Jay Hughes of Oxford says Mississippians need more. Over half of Mississippi towns are smaller than 1,500 people. And a Golden Shovel Award doesn't educate our children or put food on the table in your average Mississippi home. All right, so the question is, should Mississippians be happy with any job that comes along, or should legislators focus on diversifying the economy? We'll start with you. Well, I definitely think we need a diverse economy, and what uh, the focus has been for the last decade or so is to try to attract, at any cost to our budget, the largest uh, corporations that can come in and provide the most jobs. And we haven't always been successful. We just lost a big uh, big deal to Alabama yesterday with the Toyota expansion over there. Uh, but we're giving away the farm to get these companies in that pay very low wages. What I think we need to do is focus on raising wages. And while we have a low unemployment rate in Mississippi right now, there's low unemployment across the country. And relatively speaking, Mississippi's is still high. I can tell you down in Hancock County, it's even higher than the state rate. So, there, so there's still problems with there's still a lot of work to do and simply touting mississippi as a great place to do business is not working because we have young people who are leaving the state in droves uh young educated people and those are the people we need to attract and keep here when you say legislators should raise wages are you talking about the minimum wage or bringing in businesses and insist that they pay a certain wage i'm not talking about insisting that uh businesses that we are trying to attract in pay a certain wage but i do have a bill filed the last several years and again this year to raise the minimum wage in Mississippi to $9 an hour because I think it's through raising uh, wages that folks have the purchasing power that will result in lifting our entire economy. Uh, you know, you, if you got more money to buy refrigerators and houses and cars, then that's going to end up helping the people who manufacture those things and they're going to have to add jobs and that ends up lifting our entire economy. Uh, Lucian, he brings up a point that uh, a lot of the state's young professionals are leaving the state. A recent poll shows the population is shrinking. What can be done to increase a trained workforce keeping people in Mississippi for jobs? Well, I think it's making sure that we continue to have good, high-paying jobs. I think things like the Continental Tire Plant, the Yokohama Plant, uh, Nissan, Toyota, uh, growing the economy – uh, gives people a reason to stay here. Um, and I think what you see is Republican policies over the course of the last six years, cutting taxes, reducing regulation, uh, has resulted in 60,000 new jobs compared to 2011. Um, our unemployment rate uh, is the lowest that it has been since we've kept since the 1970s. And so continuing to see our economy grow is going to cause more and more young people uh, to want to stay uh, in Mississippi. Our, our economy is not growing. If you talk to our state economist, he will tell you that. That the economy is not growing. Our, Mississippi's economy is not growing, not at the rate that our surrounding states and that the national economy is growing. Keep right. in mind, we've only had Republican control of uh, the legislature and the governor's office for six years now. We've got to take a little bit of time to clean up the 100 years of Democratic control of the state. Well, there's been a governor, uh, a Republican governor in the mansion for about 24 years, I believe. My math could be wrong, but the, you've had the helm for quite a while. All right, here comes the debate. <laughs> That's what we're looking for this morning. Let's talk about what the governor didn't address, which – what. Number one, a huge issue uh, facing legislators, and that's infrastructure. The enormous cost of repairing or replacing roads and bridges in the state. Lucian, why didn't the governor address this? Well, I think he's he's been on record for the need to make sure that our infrastructure needs are, uh, are addressed. I mean, the legislature's been taking a look at this for the last several years. I know the speaker and the lieutenant governor are looking, looking for ways uh, that to, to address the issues that are out there. And so I think 
the governor didn't need to address it last night because uh, the legislature uh, is already working on it. As I appreciate it, the House passed uh, infrastructure bills, uh, I believe, off of the floor last week. So I, I think there's there's already work being done on it. And I know he'll uh, sign a, a good quality package that's sent to him. David? Well, this is a glaring omission, along with uh, failure to mention our mental health issues in the state of Mississippi. Roads and bridges should be a bipartisan issue. And there's been some difficulty in trying to get something that everybody can agree with uh, in the state legislature. And what we need our leaders to do, including the governor last night, is to make it a priority uh, so that he can let everyone who's going to be listening and going to be voting on roads and bridge funding, uh, let them know that it's a priority for him. His As part of leadership, he should be cajoling. He should be encouraging. And the the wholesale omission of even the word road or the word bridge uh, is very telling. Is it because it's – I mean, there is no clear-cut sign. How how do you spend that much money without raising taxes? And do taxpayers have to make that decision? I mean, I, I think you've got a diversity of views on whether taxpayers ought to actually take a vote on that increase. Um, I do think and you, you can – you look back to the vote the city of Jackson took several years ago on a supplemental sales tax for infrastructure – um, I do think it's possible uh, if there is an appetite in the legislature to look at uh, increased gas taxes, um, you know, then I think going to the people makes a lot of sense. But that's ultimately a decision that the legislature will have to make on whether they want to make that choice themselves or put the question to voters. That's passing the buck. I mean, why have a legislature if we're going to put everything to the to the voter? I mean, the voters elected us to come up to Jackson and make these difficult decisions. This is the same position that the governor and the speaker and, and lieutenant governor have taken on the flag. I mean, you can't just pass the buck. You have to step up and you have to be a leader. That's what you were elected to do. And if we can't agree to do something in the legislature on roads and bridges, then we, we shouldn't even exist. I mean, this is a fundamental issue. There are no Democratic or Republican potholes. Another topic, the lottery. Uh, Governor Bryant has said he's in favor of a state lottery. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves is against it. Um, House Leader Philip Gunn is against it. Why wasn't that brought up, Lucian? I think, again, in terms of the, the speech itself, the governor's he's own record on this. He put it in his uh, executive budget recommendation a year and a half ago. Uh, he put it in his state of the state last year. Uh, I believe he repeated his support in this year's executive budget recommendation. So I think in terms of his speech, he, he's, ta- he's already very clearly on record with regards to the lottery. Uh, and now it's a, a policy question for the elected leaders in the legislature to take a look at. David, is, a, is it a reasonable way to raise money for the state? I think it is, and I think that in our border cities around the state, everyone recognizes that people are driving across state lines and not only spending money on lottery tickets, but they're buying gasoline and beer and cigarettes and whatever else they need while they're over there buying their lottery tickets. This will generate something in the neighborhood of 80 to $100 million. We should direct it for, I think, uh, early education, specific early education programs, or roads and bridges, although that's not enough money to do what we need to do with roads and bridges. Uh, and, and I think this is something that there's overwhelming support for um, among Mississippians and also in the legislature. So we need our leaders to step out of the way, let bills come out of the committee, let them hit the floor, let us debate this. And I think the House has passed a version of a lottery three or four times in just the last couple of years. This could pass this year uh, if we were allowed to debate it. The governor has advocated for a trooper school for for several sessions now. Is he going to get it this year? 
Well, I certainly think the House would support that. It's going to be difficult to find the money to do it because of the uh, drastic corporate tax cuts that take effect this year. We've got over $400 million in revenue that's going to be lost when they ultimately um, come into to full effect. But uh, I think you'll find bipartisan support for another trooper school. Let me ask you finally, Lucian. Did you hear what you wanted to hear last night from the governor, and do you think he set a clear agenda? I think he, I think he did a great job last night. I, I, I have been involved back in my previous role when I worked for him and helped him put uh, those speeches together, and I, I was not involved with this one, and so I, I feel like I can say without any bias I thought it was the best speech uh, that he's given uh, at the State of the State. He did a great job laying out both the successes of the state and being honest about problems uh, that we have to continue to address and, and proposing policy priorities to help fix them. A last thought from you, David? Well, I thought it was a good speech, but I, again, you know, there were some glaring omissions that I think are problematic. Uh, we can't ignore our problems with roads and bridges. We can't ignore the problems that we have with our mental health system. We can't ignore the brain drain that is ongoing. Uh, I will give the, the governor props for mentioning the Child Protective Services um, group that we, I mean, uh, agency that the legislature set up last year. I think that is a positive step. So I want to give him, uh, you know, I want to give him support for doing the right thing there. But there are a lot of issues that Mississippians uh, know because it hits them every day in their pocketbook, and we need to be doing more about those. And thank you both so much for coming in. Lucian Smith is the chair of Mississippi's Republican Party and Democratic Representative David Beria of Bay St. Louis. Thank you both so much. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Karen. We are going to move one of our stories until tomorrow, but right now we're going to hear a health minute from Dr. Rick DeShazo. Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Pneumonia is an infection of the lungs that causes coughing, fever, and trouble breathing. It's a serious illness, especially in young children, people older than 65, and folks with other health problems. Pneumonia is usually caused by bacteria or viruses called germs. Common symptoms include cough with mucus production, fever, trouble breathing, pain when you take a deep breath, fast heartbeat, or shaking chills. The cough with pneumonia frequently is associated with the production of green-yellow phlegm or mucus. See a doctor or other health provider if you think you have pneumonia. Pneumonia can be mild or very serious, especially if it's not treated early. Get help if your cough keeps getting worse, if you have trouble breathing, if you have a persistent fever of 102 or higher, if you have chest pain when you breathe in, if you feel suddenly worse after getting over a cold or flu, or if you have a weakened immune system, especially if you have HIV, an organ transplant, or taking medicines for arthritis or if you have a serious lung disease. When these symptoms are present, a chest exam and an x-ray of your chest will be taken to tell if you have pneumonia. Pneumonia caused by bacteria is treated with antibiotics. These medicines kill the germs that cause the pneumonia. Most people can take antibiotic pills at home, but some people need to be treated in the hospital. Make sure you take all of your antibiotics, even if you feel better before you finish them. Pneumonia caused by the flu, influenza, is treated with an antiviral vaccine in some cases. You should start to feel better three to five days after you start taking the antivirals. Most people can get back to their normal routine within a week of starting treatment. Even so, you might feel tired or have a cough for up to a month after you have been treated. 
Plenty of rest and lots of fluids are also important components for any pneumonia treatment plan. For more health tips and medical information, listen for Southern Remedy each weekday at 11, where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy, live blue. It's good to be blue. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I just want to let you know that tomorrow, we, we had a conversation planned for today, but uh, we wanted to talk to our guests a little bit more. So tomorrow, we will have uh, a conversation about Mississippi, is it at risk for a health emergency? It's a report called the Ready or Not Report Card, and it scores states on 10 indicators of high priority areas and concerns. So that will be tomorrow on Mississippi Edition. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC.